Yes, indeed. The war is increasing and intensifying. Let's pray. Father, God, we come before the high court of heaven, the throne of grace and mercy to find help in time of trouble, as you've instructed us to do. We pray for the blessings, the protection, the divine covering of the Lord God over every one of us, all who listen to this show who's, and everything that pertains to them, including their families and their, uh, the call upon their lives, their ministry, their health that you, Lord God, would protect us and that nothing the devil does, no weapon he forms against us, will be able to prosper or bring down the work and the purposes of God. Help us to be wise, to understand what the will of the Lord is, redeem the time, understand what days we're living in, uh, not to be discouraged or weary by expectations, Lord God, that we set up and think should be happening when they're not. Lord God, let us abide in you, Lord God, as the as the branch abides in the vine. I thank you, Lord, for your wisdom, your divine counsel. May we speak as the oracles of God, and may you give us understanding. You said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and abradeth not. And so today, let each one who listens become wise in understanding what the will of the Lord is for their life. I pray that you give us the plans, the strategies, um, that you would clear the confusion, the chaos out of our lives, and that we'd walk in a straight line, knowing that we're following and abiding and walking in you, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Hey, well, how goes it? Well, the battle is the Lord's. That's right? what it the says. The battle is the Lord's. So it's, it's all good. We're back to Mark, it's aren't we? It's all good. Yeah, we're back to Mark. We're actually staying in Mark. Yeah, for, we're kind of staying there in Mark, for a long going time. through Mark here, uh, the book of Mark chapter 9. And Jesus had just spoke of uh, who is the greatest in the kingdom of God. You know, that uh, the disciples at this point mm-hmm. were thinking, okay, who's going to be the greatest, uh, you know, James and John, they want to sit on the right hand, left hand yeah. of Jesus and yeah. his kingdom. They're, they're, they're all taken up with position. power, mm-hmm. position, influence, success, the praises of men, Notability. success. Yeah. And Jesus said the greatest in the kingdom of God is the one who serves everybody. And he took an example. He took a little child, right. sat in front of him and said, hey, this little child, this little baby, or it was a baby or a toddler, mm-hmm. said this, this is who is greatest in the kingdom. Of heaven. The, the simple mm-hmm. one, the the innocent trusting one, one the mm-hmm. innocent ones, those who are um, vulnerable, serving, those who are willing to serve, and and so and right after this, Jesus, John asks a, kind of a question. It's it's almost like he doesn't get. He said, um, verse thirty seven of Mark chapter nine: Whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me but him who sent me in other words if you if you if you treat children well if you receive them in the name of Jesus it's the same as receiving Jesus Matthew 25 talks about as much as you did it to the least right. of these my brethren you've done it unto me mm-hmm. so when we're when we're when we're blessing others we're blessing Jesus right. when when people when Christians are being persecuted they're persecuting Jesus, Jesus right, as was right. the case with Saul who became the apostle yeah. Paul yeah exactly so it's like almost here John 
kind of like, all right, he, he kind of gets the lesson, but he's got so, his mind on something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. He's on, I think he's on <laughs> verse 38. He he's, says, on, he's on verse, Jesus is talking verse 37. He doesn't, I don't know if he quite gets, gets that, but then verse 38. John switches the subject. What, yeah, what does he say there, Marjorie? Read well, he it. says, um, now John answered him, <laughs> wasn't even listening, saying, teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name, and we forbade them, forbade him, because he does not follow us. So he was making note that there was a guy out there who was actually, you know, casting out demons, doing what Jesus is doing and wants them to do, but he wasn't actually one of their group. And I think today would be fine, kind of a, a good title for this message would be, who's on your team? Who's on our team? Who do we trust? Is this guy okay? Um, what are we supposed to do with the people who are not totally, you know, going to our church and, and you know. Don't have our exact doctrine. Right, right. You know, or, or not using the same methods that we're using to, right. to minister and to serve. You know, it's, there's one thing to, if someone's way off doctrinally, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With their, if their teaching's wrong, yeah, that's a good point. What do we do with them? Then, then we need to, you know, bring correction to that if, if we can. If they were willing, if they're willing, but they're usually not. Or, but if they're really off base, the Bible says in the last days there yeah. will be people that will be um, have a form of godliness and deny right. the power thereof. Right. From such turn away. Right. So, uh, Jesus warned. Yeah, Matthew form of godliness. Right. Matthew twenty three twenty four. He talked about. Uh, warning about in the last days, a characteristic of the last days, would which be, we are in. Yeah, it would be the deception. Last, we're in the last of the last of the last days. We think. Deception. We're pretty sure. <laughs> Take heed that no man Deceive deceives you. you. So there's a he lot. He said, of, even if possible, the very elect would be deceived. So there's going to be a lot of this treachery, uh, counterfeiting, impersonations, um, right. uh, impos- impostering well, going well, on. Satan is is uh, transformed as an angel of light. Right. If you read First Peter, Second Peter, and Jude, and Corinthians. Uh, in Corinthians, you, you see about all the warnings about false teachers. They, they were just yeah. right there. The rats were right there. In, in well, that was Satan's doings because Satan could not stop the gospel of Jesus Christ, which was very, listen to it. In, in Matthew 5, you get the, the Beatitudes, the, the Sermon on the Mount kind of thing. Jesus is downloading there the basic principles of the kingdom of God. And they were so contrary, so absolutely stark uh, opposite of what they had been taught in the letter of the law, in keeping the law, the jot, the tittles, you know, making sure perfection, performance, OCD. They'd, they'd become anxious and obsessed, just trying to make sure that the outside of the cup and the, the platter were clean. And Jesus, oops, you forgot the inside. And so Jesus, in the kingdom of God, we're looking not at so much the outward appearance and a performance as the, the inward working of the heart and, and the submission to God, but because the kingdom of God is so contrary um, and it's so powerful because it really brings love and forgiveness. It really brings release from the demonic. You know, our judgments against ourselves and one another and against God are, are just just rampant. We, we're, we've we done sin. We're wrong. We, we judge other people. You're, res- you're responsible. You made a bad choice. Don't make an excuse. Blah, blah, blah. You need to take responsibility. We, 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 these, we, pa- we push these things around as if it is God's, God's gospel. And it is really not. Jesus said to love your enemy, forgive one another. Um, Paul even says, if I'm doing what I don't want to do, it's not me doing it. But when you take the demonic influence, the demonic spiritual warfare influences out of this Con- out of context, out of take it out of the whole context of your life, and it's just you and God, and you are screwing up and making bad choices, or trying to have to figure out the truth on your own. 
But then you, you don't have an answer. You can't find an answer that works. Yeah, and what, what we see here going on is that Jesus is not saying, well, if, if they're doing something different, it's okay. We have this idea of, of kind of tolerance. Everything is pretty much acceptable. But, within the professing church today, every almost every teaching well, except it. demonic stuff. It's really that's well, yeah, the that's they, the they don't want to deal with that. But you know, otherwise, anything else, Christians can, can have demons, etc. Et transvestite pastors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, homosexual bishops, all that kind of stuff, and it's all okay. And uh, we it's just not kinda, really we, we just okay. Kinda, we just kind of let things go. We never really confront or deal with sin, and so so it's a big mess out there, so right? It really is. And everywhere Paul, you look, Paul said. To, as he as he was saying goodbye to the uh, elders in the church at Ephesus mm-hmm. in Acts twenty, he says, "Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, yeah. not just the uh, big tithers, yeah. <laughs> among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God." Yeah, it doesn't say run them. It says doesn't say herd them. It says shepherd the church of God. Yeah, that speaks of individual care, group care, individual care which he purchased with his own blood. This is a church that belongs to God with the mm-hmm. purchased by the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. For know that for I know this that after my departure savage wolves mm-hmm. will come in mm-hmm. among you not sparing the flock, mm-hmm. but they'll look like sheep, right? Yeah. I added that part, but that's what's what. Well, what Jesus it is. said the same thing though. Uh, Wool beware of wolves in, in that come clothing. to you in sheep's clothing. Yeah, he said uh, that. They're in, you know, they look like sheep, but inside they're ravening wolves. Also from among yourselves. Mm-hmm. Among yourselves, among right. people in the church, from within you, men will rise up speaking perverse things yep. to draw away disciples of to themselves. Isn't We've that got the that going totally. full blown these full, days. Full blast, yeah. But but getting back to Mark chapter. Well, I think I think nine, John's question was a good one, and you know it's kind of one of those verses you kind of skip over because it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but really, is, is who's on our team, Jesus? How do we know? Who are the guys that are with us? Who, who are guys? Is it just the ones who follow you around every day, or is there some some other you know thing we should be looking at? And so Jesus said, he he answered it again, going back to, um, do not forbid him. He said, verse thirty nine, um, do not forbid him, for no one can work a miracle in my name and soon afterwards speak evil of me, for he was not against us is. On our side. So, who is on our side, right there? Um, who do we know? I, I, I think the best, the the best uh, litmus test of figuring out who's who and what's what is by their fruits. Mm-hmm. Jesus said uh, that by their fruits you shall know them. So, when you are trying to re- figure some figure something out, whether it's from God or not, or if it's confusion or what, what does it reduce down to? If it reduces down to peace and love, truth, yeah, rest. Rest. Abiding, then it's God. If it reduces on to anxiety, fear, and I don't know, confusion, it's not necessarily of God. And but you have to do the reduction. You know, fair, you know, you have to be fair in this. You have to say, okay, if then, then what? If this guy's doing this and he's he's casting out devils, let's just do this for a second. Okay, so he's casting out devils. He's not following. So what up? So if he's casting out devils, then what? Well, then devils are leaving. Demons are leaving. I should say. Mm-hmm. And if demons are leaving, then what? Well, then people are getting free. And if people are getting free, then what? Jesus said the truth will set you free. So these people yeah. are free. That's good. So that reduces down to good. It reduces down to God. You know, something good is happening here. So by their fruits, you shall know them. Do this in all of your uh, daily mental transactions. Reduce it down and see where it ends up. In peace or in anxiety, in stress, in frustration, confusion, 
anger or in rest in the love of God. And sometimes we make uh, incorrect judgments about fruit. We think, well, right. fruit, mm-hmm. uh, fruit must be, uh, you know, a large church, a mega church, or a TV ministry, or lots of books out there. We look at, well, look at what this guy or this lady, what they're doing, yeah. what they're saying. They must mm-hmm. be from God because yeah. they're so popular. Well, you know, but you have to you have to really look a lot deeper. Well, here's than the that deal. Here's days. the and, and even in the grocery store, you have to look a lot deeper. How many of, of these beautiful, well-polished, extremely large, well-colored apples, for example, you know, you know, a dollar eighty-seven a pound, and you know, two bucks for an apple, whatever. They're just beautiful. They're just gorgeous. Oh wow, what beautiful fruit! The red and then and, 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 and then you look at this little organic apple over on the other side. That's kind of you know half. It's, it doesn't have the perfect it's a midget shape. look. Yeah, right. And it's <laughs> and, but you say, well, I know which one's the better. You going, but you see, there again, you're going by an appearance, Outward looking appearance. at what it looks like. Now that organic apple is a way better for you than that beautiful apple who's been genetically modified and, and pesticided waxed, 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 and, and, waxed. And, and, and a roundup is ba- sprinkled at the base of the tree so that no weeds grow on that tree or, or, or in that area so so every the orchard is clean you, you what are you eating what are you getting here you can't go by appearances and and many people we just we go by our five senses and we go by what it looks like Jesus says when you look at appearances and that's what reality is. Reality says, well, look at this. It's a big apple. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, you're starting to reason. You, first you get reality. Oh, look, it's a big apple, beautiful, shiny. And then you get you get reasoning. Yeah, well, it's a big apple. It looks nice. There's nothing wrong with it. You're starting to reason. These are the enemies of truth. These are the enemies. And so these guys, they just wanted to know what this guy, should we let him in? Should we kick him out? What should we do? Um, Jesus said, don't forbid him. Somebody who's doing miracles in my name, He's got it. He's got the God connection. And so when people, you see people that you don't know, you know, like in the spirit, we kind of recognize each other. We kind of say, go mm-hmm. after and say, oh, I knew she was a Christian. You know, I mean, you kind of, your spirit yeah. bears witness with that person. Um, they may not be of the same, you know, uh, church background, whatever. Denomination. Yeah. Or, or but what, but by in the spirit, we, we can recognize one another. And I think that's where the, the body is. And also going back to, uh, just thinking about this verse for a second, everybody is, he, this guy isn't doing what we're doing. Well, in the body of Christ, there's a variety. There's a variety. In my body, in my body, there's a variety of ministries. My, one, one member is purifying my blood. One is pumping the oxygen. One is uh, releasing the insulin. One is, you know, uh, there's a variety of ministries within your own body, and they don't have to all be doing the First same thing. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, yeah. and 14. So that's, the, that's the, variety. the variety. And, so, let, and yeah. so in this, we have to be able to accept one another in their gifting as well. Yeah, and, and respect and for their gifting and appreciate their gifting and, and pray for them and encourage them but, in their gifting, even though it's totally different than Yeah, uh, but but I think this is going back to just a minute, what you were saying a minute ago about the angels of light. This is this real, it really is a question that brings up the question of inclusion and discernment uh, because it says in Daniel that in the last days, many would join themselves to us, he said, to the church, to the remnant, through intrigue, through flattery. They would be um, pretenders. They would come in, and that's exactly what Jezebel is doing in the church. That's exactly what witchcraft is doing. 
um, it's, it's sneaking into the church as if it's one of them. It comes in as a, a, a volunteer, a cheerleader, a benefactor, mm-hmm. a one who's verbally is su- faithful, supportive of the, yeah, yeah. And they, and they, and they're, uh, but their real agenda is to get next to the leadership, whatever that leadership is, and to remove them, um, deceive them, uh, seduce them, take them out that way, or plot or against them, and and, and, them. And, and, a call, and and accuse them of things. We see a lot of mm-hmm. witchcraft, witchcraft, the full-blown, I mean, never uh, never seen before on the planet, witchcraft operi- operating in the United States of America right now. We see that is taking it, trying to take out leadership. It hates, you know, look at Jezebel for a second. She hated men. She hated men. Yeah. Oh yeah. Men. Why? Well, because she wasn't a man and she wanted to be a man because she thought men had more power. And so she was subverting, uh, perverting, deceiving, enticing, seducing, uh, trying to get the power of Ahab actually used his own stationery and signature, uh, to plot against, uh, the, uh, what was his name? Name, uh, Naboth. Naboth. Naboth yeah. Naboth. To get his, his, his vineyard, his little herb garden, whatever it was, she gave it to her husband, and in the process, she despised her husband because he was just a sniveling, depressed, impotent king, and she wanted to be king. So we know that these these spirits hate men, and one of the reasons, and this is off the subject, but really not, because um, all the subjects are on the subject, how that men are being undermined and dece- and, and and put down and and made fun of. Yeah, and, if you're a, you're, and we've got <clears throat> a lot of uh, um, women. Probably. Well, the they're being part. deceived, just yeah, hurt. Deceptive women. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, yeah. I, and the, the reason that we've got all these problems is because of white males, white middle yeah. class males. Well, we, and, we, and we have this problem. No, you know, every, everybody's responsible for the problems. Are blaming you know? everybody for everything. I know. It's just people division. Are, it's the spirit of division. Yeah. Satan is trying to divide the women, people, women against the men, yes. the blacks against the whites, the, this against that. And, you know, it's all a trick to mm-hmm. distract you. From the truth of what he's doing, as right, as yeah. the devil's trying to dis- distract and divide, he's actually his agenda is to absolutely destroy us. So, for every, we must stay knit together. And the more and more as we see the day approaching, who is on our side? Who can we trust? Who is truly a lover of God? Who has been uh, converted, generate, regenerated by the by the the truth of God's you, word? And you can't judge, like you said, by outward appearance no. or by what people say. No. Oh, you know, you know. Uh, I'm with you. You're such a man. Well, look at look at look at Zacchaeus for one thing. Mm -hmm. Zacchaeus. Everybody judged him. This little short guy who's tax collector, whatever he was, IRS guy. Um, And they all said, "Well, he is such a scoundrel. Who he's so unclean. He is so you know, who wants to even associate with? I'm sure he's quite lonely. But he was up in this tree, wanted to catch a glimpse of Jesus as Jesus was going by, and Jesus was not. I don't care. He probably heard all the rumors. He probably knew all of the stuff against Zacchaeus, and you don't want to do any business with him. And he stops right there, looks up in the tree. I mean, how many times did Jesus stop and look up at anybody? Really, I mean, a couple times, but usually they came to him. Well, Jesus stops and he says, hey, he says, I'd like to have tea at your house today. I mean, (laughs) Jesus, you blew it. Don't you know what he is? He's a total sinner. He's a total reprobate man. He hasn't been going to the temple, you know, whatever, whatever. And Jesus looked, saw past all of that. And Zacchaeus was so touched. That's all it took to melt that man's, you know, whatever heart he had, you know. Okay, I'm going to give back everything I stole. I'm going to do this, this. I'm going to clean up my act. And I mean, Jesus really never said simp- it. He never said anything. <laughs> he never said a word You better pay, pay all this stuff back. No, all he said was, I want to have tea at your house today. 
And, but he just total transformation. He knew it was a transformation of his. That heart. is the power of the love of Jesus. Who <clears throat> knew that this man was, you know, and and I think when you look at people too that you're praying for, your Zacchaeus is in your life, and they're just you just you just grind your teeth and and you know, just can't take it anymore. Ask God to show you a look at what He sees and how He sees them. Yeah, exactly. And in verse forty here of Mark chapter nine, for He who is not against us is on our side. So really, in in the kingdom of God, really mm-hmm. in this world, there's really no neutrality. Correct. You, you're either you either for or against. You should Jesus. say that again. You're, you're say either, it again. There's in the, there in the, in this mm-hmm. world right now. There's no neutrality in the war of the kingdoms. You're, the either, of king. yeah. you're either for or against. You know, it's kind of like there's there's, there's a, no wait and see. <clears throat> there's a story <laughs> of uh, this guy in the Civil War. He wore a North North Army coat and a South Army pants, and he got shot at from both sides because he wanted to try to remain neutral. Yeah, it didn't work very good. But you're you gonna know, have to take a side. No, you're gonna have to. Choose, Joshua said, "Choose you this twenty four fifteen. I think it is. Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and you know, my house, make we'll a serve decision. Lord. Yeah, you know, you're you're in and out. Well, I'm kind of, I'm just kind of wavering. I'm gonna wait and see I, who's I mean, gonna there, win. You know who's gonna win. You already know who's gonna win. There's times where people are kind of, how can I say it? They're um, they're they're thinking about it, right? They're thinking Meditate, about maybe, maybe considering about considering Jesus. Mm-hmm. But the time comes where you need to make a decision." And then don't look back, because if you do that, you will be so ripped on by both sides. I mean, Satan will keep taking shots at you because he wants to uh, discourage you from going over to the other side. And I think that's the problem. A lot of our very, a lot of people who say they're for Jesus are very untaught. They don't understand, and they're very wishy-washy. And I get it because you know what God is saying to do is so contrary to what the world says to do. It's like it's the the antithesis of everything. You know, He wants to be great, has to be least, and be the servant of all. the last shall be first. Um, you know, just on and on. To live, you have to die. To die, if you want to mm-hmm. live, you die. Totally upside down. To- yeah, upside in down. In the face upside down. Of, of contemporary everything. worldly everything. values. Right. Everything. And, and even opposite. in the church, the church has adopted so much of the world values and views, world system, that it's really hard to, you know, pick out anything. It's like eating. A lot of times, it's like trying to find a morsel of good food in a garbage bin that's been, mm-hmm. you know... So it's like uh, the best, most safe, and and recommended place for you to go to get the truth is with your Bible. Hopefully, you have a good version of it, um, and with yourself, and be quiet, and tuck yourself in with God for five, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes, and you'll like it. It's very, very, very Let edifying, very, very um, building. It builds you up because it is feeding your spirit, and we, you know, and as you go. God will show you many things, especially if you say, God, give me wisdom. If you do that over the course of your life, God will give you wisdom. And by the time you get old, you'll understand a lot more things than you started to understand in the beginning. You know, I remember, uh, you know, near where I grew up in southwestern Minnesota, there was a, a, a spring. And I don't remember it had a name or anything, but there was a spring of water. There was like a, a spring that just came. There was a pipe in the side of a big rock, mm-hmm. and the water came out of there. And it's like, and people would go there, and we'd go there once in a while to, you know, you get water from a source, the mm-hmm. source. Mm-hmm. You could drink water out of a mud puddle or <laughs> out of a, you know, out of a, a polluted river. Creek, ditch. Or, or uh, you know, a swamp or something, or something that's all 
contaminated with uh, fluoride and chlorine or something like that. Mm -hmm. This is what we have a lot of times that people are drinking out of these cisterns. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah said, my people have forsaken me, Mm -hmm. the fountain of living waters, and are drinking out of uh, cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So what we're saying, what I'm saying by this is that what you're saying, Marjorie, is that go to the source, go right to the Word of God yourself, mm-hmm. and, and and stay away from all these paraphrased versions and turn off the television. Turn off. Can you the, do the, that? The Christian stations are not necessarily take, Christian. Take, put your device aside. If you read mm-hmm. Scripture on your device, that's fine, but put that aside or get. Into the word, let the Lord memorize speak it. Actually, you. actually, read yeah. it. Con- get the context. Read from. Read a couple. You know, just read the whole thing. Don't just pick out a verse here and there. Uh, you've got to get it within context. Because, uh, for example, if you just read a verse, you know, he who does not hate his father or his mother um, cannot be my disciple. Well, then on the other side, you got Jesus says to honor your parents, to honor your father and your mother. So you've got these contradictions, and if you just pick out one verse and not within the context of what he's saying and what he's meaning, and how they off. use a lot of parables and allegories and analogies to speak to something, as we're going to see in a few minutes down the road here. But um, so we we need to read it within the context. Um, so, but but going back to this verse in in uh, Mark forty, I got to call your attention to Matthew twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. Time. Time to listen. At twelve, he says the uh, sort of the exact same thing in the opposite way. Sort of. He says, "He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad." So this sounds a little more restrictive. He who is not working with us, he who has not made a decision to follow us, is actually technically not made that decision. So he's still in that passive mode where he's making those passive agreements with the devil where you know it's like you just let it go you don't say no this is wrong no abortion is terribly wrong no that's you say well you know let's you know i I, there's there's maybe they got a point no it's bloody wrong and so when but if you sometimes just go in that passive mode like well we'll just wait and see jesus is actually saying for those people he was not with me is against me. Well, what does it mean? He says, he who does not gather with me scatters. What is he saying? He's saying, get in or get out. He's saying, be hot or cold. He's saying, don't be lukewarm because God can't handle that. He's going to spit you out of his mouth. So you're going to lose. You don't want to be spit out of the mouth of God. You know, when you could, we're so close. You could have just said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. What is keeping you today from being on God's team? You know, won't worry about so much uh, who's on our team. Yes. But are we on the right team ourselves? Are we on God's team? Are we totally sold out to God? And and what are if there's anything that's holding you back, is it worth it? What is it you're holding back that keeps you from giving 100% to the Lord? Mm-hmm. What is it? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and is it worth it in the end? So there's a this is a point he's talking Jesus is talking here about agreements. He who is not with me is against me and he who does not gather scatters. Now, we understand that there is a time to gather and there's a time to scatter. There's a time to pick up and pluck and plant and, and do the opposites. <clears throat> and we got no time. To just, but this is not that. This is talking about your commitment mm-hmm. in your mind, body, the, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus said, and I think it's Luke nine sixty two that he that <coughs> puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So it's, you know, get in or get out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, really, that's it. You know, and it's really time Get in or get out because it's not going to get any easier if we don't. You know, I mean, it's really now is the time discerning the times. 
knowing the time because the days are evil. Ask the Lord to show you. And a lot of us have been really stuck and caught and snared and trapped like we're flies in a web. <clears throat> the devil set up all this, got to do this, got to do this, can't afford this, trapped here, got to, you know, uh, go to work. And I'm working for all these people who are, you know, selling booze and whatever they're doing, whatever. I mean, you, all these compromising kind of jobs. And you're caught in stuff like that. I am. It's time to seek the Lord. And, you know, he can deliver you out of that. And, you know, not to say you have to, you know, uh, have a, the perfect job before you can serve the Lord. By no means. We serve the Lord in our hearts first and in our minds and in our souls and our wills and our love for one another. Um, but so and then so here in the other in in, in Mark, he says, um, um, <clears throat> 41. Yeah, 41. For whosoever gives you. Oh, no, no, no. Um, the one before that 40. For he who is not against us is on our side. This seems more inclusive. You know, if he's not against us, that at least puts. So you see, there's heads and tails of this same concept mm -hmm. that God wants to, us to know that um, there are people out there who are in the valley of decision and don't push them in the wrong direction be, with your lack of wisdom. Be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's doing in them. So, you know, a, a word's fitly spoken, a word that's spoken at the right moment can save a person's life mm -hmm. or it can destroy their life. Really powerful. Life and death so, in the power of so the tongues. really. You know, listen to the Spirit of God. Do what he says to do. Mm -hmm. Say what he says to say. Verse 41. Mm -hmm. For whoever gives you a cup of cold water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. So whoever ties a tennis shoe of a little kid, whoever wipes blood, a, a, a snotty nose, he who gives a cup of cold water, they who... This is where the greatness begins, really, really begins right here. And the greatness, and you know, it's, it's what Jesus did. What did he do? He washed their feet. What did John the Baptist, he says, I'm not willing to even tie his sandal. Tie his shoe. Tie his shoe. So the thing is, um, this is where greatness is. Greatness is at the bottom, where people are willing to um, stoop down and love, care for, uh, put themselves aside and love the soul of the other person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's where that's where greatness begins, and he's saying that to them. And of course, it's not just little ones, but if you do anything, praying, intercessors, um, smiling, carrying someone's groceries, if you do this in the name of Jesus, you will not lose your reward. You say, "Well, I can't do anything great. I can't travel abroad. I can't be a missionary. I can't da da da." There's so many things you can do in in your own little world of your little maybe limited finances, limited uh, resources. You can do so many things. You can redeem the time. You can love the Lord. You can pray. You can intercede. You can bless God. You can, you can read your word. You can help other people find Jesus. It's just amazing how many things you can do with that precious minute that you have. Yeah, and sometimes we're just looking at, you know, what others are doing. Right, and then we're comparing ourselves with them, and it's like not, not helping. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, I wish I could be like this. Well, listen, slow down, settle in. Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. right here and be thankful right people now. you know satan's biggest trick on some people for some people is get them to look back get them to regret get them to compare look at other people then they become their own worst enemy and they think that's how they're going to help themselves grow and, and 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 go forward is to pick on themselves i don't think so we have got this twisted idea that somehow we have to self-examine ourselves. We have the self-improvement thing. Well, to, to self-improve, the you have to figure out what's wrong, and you have to pick yourself apart and say, well, i got to do this different, and da-da-da-da-da, lose this weight, and blah-blah-blah. The thing is, that is not productive. 
you think it's productive. You think it's just about discipline and willpower and diets and try harder. And guess what? Then when you fail, what do you do? You, you try again. And then when you fail after a while, then you just begin to, to, to deny that it's a problem. You just permit it. You permit the addiction. You permit the, the uh, indulgence. You know, what you were trying to improve, you know, two months ago, now you're just in, you're forgiving, give up and let it happen. And so you're giving place to the indulgence. Whereas if you let the Holy Spirit perfect that which concerns you, as it says in one, Psalm 138, 8, and then you just abide and be and follow Jesus, it'll go a lot better. But so many people in this religious system have been told they've got to get rid of their sin and they've got to be good and they've got to discipline themselves. You know what? I have no discipline, but when I follow Jesus Christ, he gives me lots of strength and willpower to do what I have to do yeah. for him. So the point being here is that if you give a cup of cold water to a disciple in, in the name of Jesus, it's God is going to keep track. He keeps track yeah, of, of every things. tier. And these little, these little things are the great things. And they're big things and, to and, him. And I remember um, uh, Hebrews 6.10 says, God is not unrighteous to forget your labor and of your love. work and labor of love in yeah. that you have uh, ministered to the saints and do minister to them. So, so yeah, so he, just, there's a reward there. There's a and David, mm-hmm. the King David was toward the end of his life. He was listing all the names of all his mighty men mm-hmm. and their, some of their accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And in, in that list, he said one time there was these two guys that broke through the Philistine army to go get me a cup of water. I know. A cup of cold water by from the well at We risk their to their lives. They risk their lives to get, to get their king a, a cup of, of cold water. Right. He could have had other water, but he said I wanted to you know be he one day would he be would nice. just yeah. one day he was just kind of thinking out loud. He said, "Boy, it'd be nice to have a drink from that well there in Bethlehem, the one that he probably used as a child it was just really especially good water and they said they poked each other and said hey let's go do it king wants some water let's go get it get it for him and so and he took it and he ended up pouring it out he he was just so awed by their yeah their heart and their loyalty that he made it a second it wasn't a command Mm-hmm. He said, "Oh, go get me some water. Risk your life." Well, this they just did it on their own heart, yeah. toward their king out of loyalty to him and giving him just one Supporting. thing that was just a really mm-hmm. a small desire of his. Well, one that reminds me of this verse. I can't remember where it is, but near the crucifixion, where Jesus said, "You are those that have been with me, entered with me, enjoying in, in my trials," mm-hmm. and and that was to 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 them, to him. That should have been understood as the greatest thing they would have ever done, is support, support the King of Kings, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, in his journey on earth to redeem the, the souls of men through dying on the cross. They came like to, to sort, support him, to surround him. And, and even though they didn't do a very good job sometimes and they fell asleep a lot, he still considered that they had walked with him. They, had, they didn't bail on him. They didn't, you know, reject him. They didn't betray him, except for Judas, of course. But the rest of them, something kept keeping them together, pulling them on. And it wasn't easy because they were just hacking out a brand new uh, paradigm here. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't going to be like Old Testament, tabernacle, temple, laws, you know, slaying of sheep and, and turtle doves and whatnot. It was done. That was going to be done. As a matter of fact, so done that 70 years later, uh, well, 40 years later, actually, the temple was destroyed. Yeah. 
And God, God says, I'm done with it now. It's a pretty uh, pretty bold statement on God's part. Right, exactly. And it was a God thing. Even though, oh, no, the Romans are doing this terrible, terrible. Oh, you know, I but, love the but, temple. But see, in this, both God and Satan were working the same place at the same time to do the opposite thing. Satan was going to crush and, and, and defile this temple of God. But God says, you know what? It's already defiled and I'm done with it. I'm already moving on. So Satan got to destroy the temple. We think it's so bad. But God says, no, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to spread my church. So he got everybody, all his guys, pretty much out of Jerusalem. And they, were, they fled to the various parts of the world and began to plant the gospel, the truth of the revelation of God in other places. And so what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. But going on here, he says... Um, uh, the cup of cold water, giving, don't underestimate the things that you're doing. Don't even, you know what Paul says, I don't even judge my own self. Don't take, waste your time to say, well, was that a good deed? Was God happy with that? I don't know if God was happy with that. I don't know. Shut up. Just go forward. Just stop making it all about you for crying out loud. Yeah, Just and, and, get over and, yourself and be a servant. A, a, we're dead. We're sons and daughters. We're dead and we're servants. Now, put that as your identity code and go forward. Mm-hmm. And, and, and don't really do it for the sake of reward. Oh, I want to get a reward someday. Jesus said, you're going to be rewarded. I don't, th- I, I don't think that's why... No, we should be doing this. Well, I don't think it is (laughs) the love of Christ Uh, because we can't comprehend rewards and really very little of us can comprehend much about heaven either. It's like we'll just most of us will be just glad to to be there. Yeah. Well, most of us be, you know, I I just I like being there would be enough. Yeah. And what I what what satisfaction (laughs) to me is at the end of the day, knowing that I am satisfied that I've used my time. I've listened to the Lord. I've heard, you know, I, I don't know everything. Maybe I'm in the same spot I seem to have been in the morning or 10 days before that or a month before that. But it's still, you're, you know that you're one day closer. You are all, we are all one day. Every time you crawl in bed at night, you have, you're one day closer to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and the truth and validation, vindication, the kingdom of God coming. It's all good. We want to be like the Apostle Paul who got to the end of his life. He said, you know, I haven't comprehended everything. I haven't understood everything, even though he had much, much revelation. He suffered a lot, mm-hmm. and there, you know. But he said, "I have fought a good fight. fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid for me to a crown of righteousness, and not for me only, for but for all those who love is appearing." Right. So he knows that there's a, there's a reward coming, mm-hmm. but it's something I really believe that we really don't really think about it. You know. Well, yeah. I mean. But well, then Jesus goes to the opposite side. Let's look at the opposite side. So he's warned. He uses this opportunity to begin to warn them about hell. Um, and, and he's talking about the children. He had used the children already a couple times in this chapter. And then he said, and whosoever causes one of these little ones. He's talking about the little ones getting, uh, you know, a cup of cold water. And then he's saying, and, but whoever does the opposite, who causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Now, now listen, a millstone uh, was uh, probably three, or, you know, made out of rock, maybe mm-hmm. granite. I don't know what it was. It was a heavy stone. Uh-huh. It had to be a hard, durable stone. It was roughed up, uh, you know, it was the it was the the stone that it was like the top stone that they used to grind wheat. Mm-hmm. It's probably three or four feet across and about a foot thick. I mean, it's something very heavy, very very. It would take many, many, many men to, to put move it in place. Thing. Yeah, 
and and you you tie that around somebody's neck and throw them into the sea. Yeah, it's um, they're they're it's probably they're a done. ton, you know. Yeah, it's 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 very very. But heavy, the thing so. is, but but see, the thing is, t- talking about causing one of these little ones to stumble. How do we do that? I mean, it's horrible. It's it's terrifying, really, to see how we have caused the children to stumble. I just let's just throw a couple of examples out there. You know, um, in the in the um, in our educational system, uh, we in our commercials, in our advertisements, in the movies, in the 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 books that they read, the Harry Potter, the wizardry, the wand, the the spells, the um, enticing them, uh, believing. Did you guys notice? I don't know how old you are, but back in my day when, when Disney first started, you know, every Sunday night there was, a, you know, the wonderful world wonderful of Wonderful world of color. A- and then they had this beautiful <laughs> white and blue castle, you know, the princess castle for, you know, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, and all those girls. And it was beautiful and bright and lovely. And now the castle is orange and black and dark, mm-hmm. and it's sinister. And, and this is, this is they've, they've really moved to where they were going to be all along. Well, and, where they were all along. Yes, but now actually. it's more apparent, yes. Yeah. But so th- these children are being, I, I know of kids who have watched horror movies or sexual uh, perversion movie, uh, pornography, whatever, and, and this sticks in their brain. I, I know this for an absolute fact. And then they, they have nightmares. And then they're terrified. And then they don't know what's going to happen. And then their parents are mad at them because they're being disruptive and, and, and unruly uh, in the car on the way to somewhere. Or they're not paying attention at night. Or they're eating you know too much sugar. Or they're crying and whining and fussing and fighting with their sibling. It's like you we are perverting, feeding them absolute lies. Ab- food. You know, we don't consider it parent abuse or ch- child abuse when, you, when uh, the way most people, some people, a lot of people uh, feed their children. You look in those carts in some of those grocery stores, the people sugar, in front sugar, of you, or behind sugar, you. Sugar, sugar, it is, sugar. it is abusive. It is, it is. Uh, you're you're feeding them things that will destroy, literally destroy their body and steal their the years off their life. You're, you're you're setting them up for diseases, and you could do better. You could do better, but this stuff, this junk is what they whine for. It's sugar. It's what they want. They've been trained to whine for it, and you've been trained to shut them and up. The, and the parents don't know any better And then we're, we're not even talking yet part. about devices and, and videos at, 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 where, where kids are given full range. And so we, our children, and then not to, not to even speak about Pizzagate and sexual perversion and pedophilia, and now to class that as accepted, my Lord God, where have we co- have we gone to? It's nothing more than the complete reveal. This and, is the and, complete yeah, and, revelation and, and, of the degradation of this godless world system. And for those of us who are shocked, thank God you are shocked. That means you're still on the right side. Yeah. Well, in, in this whole thing, who is this? Desmond, I think his yeah. name is. Uh, he's this drag queen kid. Yeah. Drag queen child. Who's taught him? Who has did Who this has to him? him? Who has caused him so to stumble? He's a, he's a big celebrity on, on you know, Good Morning the little, America. The only like thing that. with people like that, when we see things twisted, like that, twisted. we need to ask God to forgive us, first of all, as yes. a nation for setting up this kind of context, this kind of bad food, bad perversions, sexual perversions. Educa- you know what? They're, they're lying to our kids. They're changing history all the time. They're, they're, they're rewriting history. It's just this world, people. You're not of this world. Your stability, your solid rock authority is in the word of God, the word of God rightly divided, not some offshoot, you know, legalistic, crazy cult. It's in rightly dividing the word of God that's bringing forth in you love, reconciliation, peace, trust, faith, knowing that you're loved. 
So these kids, there is going to be so many. I I can't even imagine what the scene is going to be like when all these people are actually. He said it would be better if a millstone. It doesn't mean that they're actually going to have a millstone. They are going to go to a place worse than drowning in the sea, I would think. It's going to be a place um, where the Gehenna, hell, where the their worm is never quenched. You see, people have also figured out now. They think that they can denounce, deny uh, hell. That and once you once you make a law, pass a law, there is no hell. Go ahead, do it. Whatever you want to do, pass whatever law you want. That will not change any of the facts. Judge. You can legalize sin. You can legalize abortion. You can legalize pedophilia. You can per- persecute people who don't want to go after that um, that per- that perverted new doctrine. You can persecute them, you can criticize them, you can steal, take away their business, you can, whatever. You, but the thing is, hell is still going to be their bottom line. Hell and heaven are still the two destinations. You, you can, you know, you can say... The I, only two destinations. You can say, well, you know what? I don't believe in uh, gravity. That's just an old-fashioned concept to put fear right. in people. Right, So I said, okay, then go ahead, get to the top of the Empire State Building, jump off and find out. Yeah. Do you, your your th- do you want to prove your? Do you want to? Do you want to? You want to find out if for you really believe what way? you're saying? Then go for it. Go stand yeah. up there and jump off. But see, the thing is, we wouldn't, unless of course you had some other motive to kill yourself and you were done with your life. But you wouldn't get any reasonable person who says there is no gravity to go up and jump off of a high, high building. You wouldn't get them to do that. You wouldn't get them to do skydiving with no parachute. You wouldn't, because the fact is, they already know that they're lying to themselves. So don't believe them. They already know they're lying. And they wouldn't want to test their theory now, would they? No. But so Jesus is saying, now here we go into some pretty heavy-duty stuff and it can be quite misconstrued if people want to. He says, um, he's, he's trying to make them understand how horrible this is and how the urgency, the importance of doing whatever, even taking drastic measures, if those measures would help to stop you from going in the direction of hell. And he says, if your hand makes you to sin, cut it off. It were better for you to enter into, the, into life maimed than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Now, is he saying, okay, if you cut your hands off, you'll stop sinning? Is he saying the remedy to sin is to cut off your hands or you'll to poke a, out your be, eyes? You'll be a sinner with a hand missing. That's all because this, the, you know, because the sin really, the the in, the execution of the sin, the carrying out of the sin, really doesn't happen about uh, until, you know, it start it starts in the mind, it starts in the mind, it starts in the, in the, the thoughts, and that's where it needs to be defeated. And so, cutting off, if you want, if it's that horrible, it would be better for you, he says, if you didn't have any hands or you didn't have any feet. He says in the next verse, he says, um, and if your foot makes you to sin walks you into the places, takes you to the, the place where you're going to, you know, sin and sin against yourself, sin against someone else. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It would be better for you to enter into life maimed than to have two feet and be cast into hell, into the, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched. That means these people go, who go to hell, they don't stop living. They don't stop feeling. They don't stop being. They don't stop existing. Their worm dies not. They're probably being eaten by worms and maggots, but that never ends, people. Never ends. Yeah, it's like Jesus using the example, the image of, uh-huh. the, of mm-hmm. the Valley of Hinnom, which is right outside Jerusalem in that day. And it was a dump ground. Yeah. It was a garbage dump when they you know, were burning garbage, and the fire was always there. It was always smoldering. I mean... Near the town, 
uh, where I grew up, by the town where I grew up by, little town, they had a, a, an open dump ground. And it was always people could, anybody could come out there from town and drop off their garbage, set it on fire, and it was always smoldering out mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. And we'd go once in a while as kids with 22s and shoot rats out there. But there was rats and flies and fire all the time, uh, all year round. And, and that's just a dump ground. That's just a dump ground. But Jesus is using that image as saying, you know, just like that fire is always burning mm-hmm. in, yeah. in the Valley of Hinnom, this fire is always burning uh, and people, consuming you know, for pe- those who reject People Jesus get so Christ. removed from eternal truths and the pillars of truth, heaven and hell, God and Satan. In this world, we get so distracted, so consumed, so stupefied, zombified, sedated, deceived, uh, that we almost aren't even aware of our own life. All the the, the, mo- the most people consider important these days is what they're going to eat or where they're going to, you know, what they're going to do as far as, you know, escape or fun or whatever. And, they, and maybe family a little bit. But they're just so caught up in the temporary and the temporal and the immediate that they forget the eternal. There is an eternal people. There is an eternal forever heaven and hell awaiting. And you, you will end up in one of two places and that's it. And you won't, there's not a second chance once that's, oh, once you've committed, once you've made that decision. Um, the, the, the people, God did not make hell for people. Just let's it's straighten for, that out. He, it was made for the devil yeah, and, and his, his as, fallen angels. Angels, that's right. And, and so, the, 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 so God, but however, because of the rule, there's one rule in this war between God and Satan. The rule is this, whom you yield yourself servant to obey, his slave you become. If you agree, God already has voted for us to succeed, that we live and have eternal life and be with him forever. God didn't create anybody for hell. God already agreed with you to live. He wants you to, he voted for you. Satan has already cast his vote against you to see you absolutely annihilated, destroyed, and become and used as a great mockery against the Most High God. So you and I are the ones left to make the vote. We're the one, there's no tampering with the ballot boxes. We get to say yes, we get to say no. And Satan is right there in your mind, in your soul, in your will, in your heart to persuade you, influence you, tempt you, uh, coerce you, force you, intimidate you to go with him and give up or to take matters into your own hands, whatever and however that looks. He's getting you to vote against yourself. So God wants us to vote for the truth. The truth is what sets us free. And and many times we go back and forth. We vote, yes, I love, you know, God. Yeah, no, I'm going to go do this. And I'm, you don't think it's the devil. You just think it's you and it's just what you want to do. And you're, it's the rebellion and it's addiction and it's whatever it is. But you know what? It Or gossip or bitterness. And so we go with it, not realizing that's not us either. And then we feel condemned because we should have been doing the right thing. And now we've got the, the torture rack going on. Of I should have done that. I'm, I'm bad and I missed it and I'm a sinner. And then the other side, I've got to do better and be religious and get perfect. And that's not what any of the the gospel is about. It's about come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So this whole two places, heaven and hell, people are trying to right now design uh, their lives, uh, invent, uh, create uh, technology so that they can have uh, te- technological immortality. Um, they can live forever. Oh, really? Why would you want to do that here in this this slime pit? Why would you want to live here forever in this snake pit? That's this is an extending of the misery is all it is. 
immor- they're because they're afraid to die because they don't want to give an account of themselves to God. At the at the evolutionary stage, we were willing to become, uh, go back to, agree with, embrace the lie that we come from monkeys in order to not have to uh, identify with a heavenly Father and a divine Creator. Um, but so now, but now we're past that. Now we're just going with, um, I can do this myself. I can, uh, if I have enough money, I can live forever. I'll never have to give an account. This is total folly. This is total foolishness. And these people, you know, we see them, they're starting to die off. You know, these evil people are starting to die off. Where do you suppose they're going? I'm not going to judge where they're going because I don't need to. I, I know God is totally just, but God did not make hell for you. He did not make it for us. It's not a place you can go down and drink and have a party with your drinking buddies and swear and, and carry. It's not. It's not a weekend at the bar. It's not. It's not something you you know you can get out of it if you want. It's not. It's, you're gonna just gonna. Get, yeah, you're not. You're gonna get burned and then you're back to nothing. And it's and, not annihilation. That's right. It's a continuation. And it's not. It's not something you're forced to do. I don't care what you think. You're that you're so bad. I don't care if you say you sold your soul to the devil or you're the bride of Satan. I don't care what the devil has told you. The blood of Jesus Christ. If you're willing to trust it and willing to call it to God, that blood of Jesus can dissolve any blood covenants, pacts, agreements, which uh, which he marriages you've made to Satan. It is God is sovereign. God is holy. God is the last word on all of these things. And if you cry out to him, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, it says, shall be saved. That's all you got to do. It's not that hard. It's not like you have to give him a million bucks in order to get into heaven. As a matter of fact, calling out on God, you're only stopped by fear and pride and it's too late and I'm bad. I'm too bad. God's mad at me and God's mean. And why would God do this? You're only stopped by all these liars who are putting up an argument in your mind to keep you from surrendering, bowing your knees, getting down on your knees, getting down on your face. Who's, it says, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess to the Lord. Jesus, Every did, one. You know, and they said, well, how, why would a good God send people to hell? That's the wrong question. Mm, that's right. It's, it's why a good God came and sent his only begotten son to rescue us from mm-hmm. hell. Mm-hmm. See, he's... he's he, God is the rescuer. Right. He's not the one that's throwing us into hell. It's like it's he, like he is the one that has come to rescue us. It's like you know when the the ships came to rescue the people that were um, drowning after, after the Titanic sank. Those people were drowning. They were already in hell. They were already. That's where we are. We're already in the snake pit. We're already in that place where we're all uh, lost in de- in jeopardy of going the wrong way. And great, and, and what does God do? He brings in the ship to rescue us. He's not throwing us overboard. He's the one pulling us on board. That's the, that's the whole picture. We need to be reminded of Re- Revelation 21, verse 8. And I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible. Okay? This is the who's who of the lake of fire. Who, who's going to be in the lake of fire? Okay? But it says, but as for the cowards and the ignoble, and the contemptible and the cravenly lacking in courage and the cowardly submissive, and as for the unbelieving and faithless, and as for the depraved and defiled with abominations, and as for murderers and the lewd and adulterous and practicers of magic arts and the idolaters, those who give supreme devotion to anyone or anything other than God, and all liars, those who knowingly convey untruth by word or deed, all of these shall have their part in the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone, 
This is the second death. And we know that word. There's a couple of interesting words. If you could, you read that. Find it in the just the normal version that was amplified. But there's a couple of words there that <clears throat> are scary. Like for example, all cowards and liars mm-hmm. and cowards. Yeah. Well, you know, how many times have we not been cowards? How many times, and some of us have, have committed adultery, or we've been you know, divorced and remarried, and that looks like adultery, and Jesus says they're adulterers, and blah, 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 blah. But we also know that Jesus dealt with the adulterous woman in a very kind and gracious way. And it's not like, you know, these things that happen to us in our, in our sojourn journey through the pit, mm-hmm. a lot of these things that happen, we've lied, we've stolen, we've, we've, we've committed adultery, we've been cowards, we've been afraid, blah, 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 whatever. That doesn't mean that you're going to hell right. because you've had those experiences. What that means is you can be lifted up out of those experiences through the truth and to absolutely just one simple thing. Surrendering to Jesus Christ, that allows him to apply his righteousness to you. Therefore, you are considered now righteous and not all of these other scummy things. And God gives us grace. He's provided grace for us to overcome these right, things. Right, right. He says So only those who, re- basically this list is the people who rejected the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Refused to refuse repentance. Refused the love of the truth. In, in right. verse 7 right before that, he who overcomes uh-huh. shall overcome all things. And how does and he I overcome? will be his God and he shall be his my, my son. We overcome Satan. By the blood of the Lamb. Lamb the word of our testimony. By accepting Jesus' righteousness in, instead of your own. Stop being so religious and churchy and know that you can of your own self do nothing. Let the blood of Jesus say, Jesus, cover me with your righteousness. I, I accept it. I can't. I'm not perfect. We don't have to be perfect to get to heaven. Right. It's not being about being perfect or perfect doctrine. It is about having Jesus Christ as your Savior. And he will perfect Whatever needs to be perfected. And don't say that list of people that you read in hell is of that, if that dis- any one of those describe you right now, don't say it's too late for you. you never. Can't say, don't never. never say it's too late. If you're listening to this show, it's never you. not too it's late. It's not too late for you Mm-mm. if you will just say, Jesus, forgive me, cleanse me, the worst, give me victory over right, this. Right, right. I, 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 I'm going to give, give my life to you to follow you, Lord. Help me to overcome these things. Trusting God, you know, and, and calling on him and, and not, you know, saying, I didn't know. Um, the, the tragedy is a lot of people have never heard the, the, the gospel with much clarity, if at all, some of them. And so how can they make a choice? Well, that's between them and God. God lights every man that comes into the world and we're, we're, we're judged or you know, looked at according to how much light we have been given. But listening to this program, you have a light, you have the revelation, it's not too late. But, but what would keep you from surrendering to God right now. What is a good reason to go to hell? What is a good reason to to carry on with your miserable life that you don't like yourself anyway? What is the point of carrying on with indifference or double-mindedness or depression or or self-condemnation or hatred or bitterness or unforgiveness? What is the point? Do you, you don't like, that's not even you. Those spirits, demons controlling evil spirits, whatever you want to call them, they're not you. Paul says, if I'm doing what I don't want to do, if there's anything in that list that you don't want to do, you don't want to be a coward. You don't want to be a coward. You don't want to be in a, a what are the rest of them, honey? What, you don't want to be a coward. You don't want to be a liar. Uh, then, then listen to the Lord and repent. Get, cancel out your agreement with lying or with being fearful. Coward, fear. That's what fear. Fear is about anxiety, panic, intimidation. It's up to me. I got to prove myself. God won't love me if I don't work. I've got to do it all myself, you know. You know, I can't trust anybody. You got to control everybody. This is, oh, 
exhausting. It's not rest. It's not peace. And now's the time to repent. Now's the accept right the time. Now. To, today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. You might not have another breath. You might not have right. another heartbeat. Right. That's serious. Right. You know what? We really seriously, people, let's be honest for a second here. Very serious. Not just honest, but this nation, this world is in such a precarious place that we're, we're held by a, a hair, a thread over the, the abyss with the, the amount of destruction and damnation, earthquakes, uh, tornadoes. The devil has got an agenda, and he will work. He will, God is going to permit him to push his global agenda to Armageddon. He is going to permit that, and whether we're going to be raptured out before or not, I don't know. But we do know, according to Revelations, if you read it, go ahead, read it. It'll give you something to think about that God is going to allow Satan to take this thing to the bloody end where it's going to be Armageddon. But in the meantime, what is going to happen to America? What is going to happen to Switzerland or Sweden or France? What is going to happen to these little islands of the sea? Well, some of them are going to vanish and disappear, I believe. But, but what's going to happen in any moment, even in your own little life, your own little life, at any moment, something could happen that could change everything. And you don't know what that moment will be when that time will So we want to live now for the grace of God. You want to, you, you want to accept Jesus now. And you say, well, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can be good enough. You know, when Jerry and I were first presented with the gospel when we were 20 years old, we said, there's no way we can do this. We're too young. And besides, we can't be that good for that long. We can't, you know, and so we, we refrained. We, we passed up, we passed up on it. But the thing is, it, that's not what it's about. It was a wrong presentation of the gospel. The gospel isn't about being good and never sinning for the next 80 years. The gospel is follow Jesus and he will perfect you. He will take care of those things. You're saying, well, that's kind of lazy. No, it's not. Following Jesus is pretty intense. Following Jesus is pretty much you're dying daily. You know, we die daily. We're crushed. We're persecuted, perplexed, not destroyed. But Satan is always after us, always, constantly. And that is really a good thing sign. That is really good news. Oh, hey, we're out of time. Guess what? Well, you, I would just say for each one listening, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, give yeah. your life to him today, yeah. right now, Amen. before you're out of time. If the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved, the Bible also says, if we believe uh, confess Jesus, with your mouth. Yes, confess with your mouth, your heart. your heart that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, and God raised him from the dead, and he's coming again. That's in Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you actually do confess it and you do believe it, you are saved. So embrace it. Embrace it, salvation and begin to live it and walk in it and let it take root in your life. So, Father God, we thank you for whatever and however and whoever you're going to bring this message to today that they'd be lifted up out of their stuck place, out of their mully grubs, out of their despair, out of their uh, lostness, into the fullness of the anointing the, the God, of God of the God of heaven, that you pour out your spirit of revelation and wisdom, uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ on all of us and upon them. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.